You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. What is up, punters and jewelers? Welcome back to another episode of All Talk. Yep. Um, Pleasure to be here. Tom and Eddie from the Hello Sport Podcast. This week, we are talking to two gentlemen who are the creative minds, the visionaries behind a new surf documentary called Corners of the Earth, Kamchatka. Spencer Frost and Guy Willimant. Uh, two studs, by the two way. Two studs. Two very handsome men uh, from the Sydney's Northern Beaches. Surf enthusiasts, but uh, directors, cinematographers, brilliant behind the camera. Behind photographers. The lens, photographers. Artists, Tom. Artists. They planned a trip to the east coast of Russia. Yeah. In a- the middle of nowhere. Yep. I think a 10-hour flight from Moscow. It is. Put it that way. It's basically above China. It is It is desolate, the middle of nowhere. They went there to film a surf documentary with two professional surfers who are also their mates, Letty Mortensen and Fraser Dovell. Now, I don't want to get too into the specifics here because obviously it's going to come out in the chat that you're about to hear, but... Don't give it all away. I won't. But don't let, be that trailer that gives all the juicy bits away. I'm not going to. But it's probably the best yarn I've ever heard in my life. Just let me say to you that when they left... For Russia, there wasn't a war between Russia and Ukraine. And when they landed in, in. Abu Dhabi on their way to Moscow, there, there was. was. Are we sort of painting the picture for you? Are, you? are you getting it? Are you connecting the dots? One of the great yarns I've ever heard. And by, the doco's sick as well. Yeah. Oh, doco's unbelievable. The cinematography is just unbelievable. But this is, this is you, you, we get to peek behind the curtain, so to speak. See how the bread's made, the butter is The butter's buttered. made, the bread's buttered, the sausage is made, butter's, <laughs> bread's buttered. With all of that, look, it's not, a, and I guarantee it's not a food-based chat, but uh, we should probably stop talking because there's a limited amount of time. Punters and dribblers, without further ado, Spencer Frost and Guy Willimant. How is your, uh, you got fucking, you just got back from uh, Antarctica, hey? Not Antarctica, sorry, uh, Nepal. Everest? Nepal? Yeah, I was at base Tummy? camp for a few weeks. Tummy upset? <laughs> yeah, You're back got, on board? I'm back on. Yeah, good. I lost six and a half kilos last week. You look like good, dude. Days. Thanks. Yeah, I think yours, you look incredible. come out a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, it's than... pretty, it was like my Wish last. my jaw would come out. <laughs> <laughs> just go get a parasite. <laughs> That'll sort you out. Yeah, it was literally like my last night in Kathmandu. And I woke up at like 11 and just was like, oh my God. And just both ends on the on the bathroom floor. I was meant to be flying out the next morning, but I had to cancel my flight. And Ew, that's sick. Yeah, I was so Oh, cooked. hectic. But made it back. Antibiotics did their thing. <laughs> good to go. So good to be home. What took you to base camp? Um, I had a job with a climbing company um, up there. So we did like the trek in following like the climbers that are doing Everest. And then mm. I kind of just hung around and followed them and shot some um, video and photos of them for like a few weeks up there. It was incredible. Like, pretty wild place. Is like, it climbing season? Yeah. They're all about to summit over the next one or two weeks. So, What's the mood like there? Are people nervous? Or are they all frothy or what? Um, a bit of both. Like, to be honest, it was pretty scary when I got there. Um, like, the second day, there was um, one of the ladders in the icefall collapsed and three mm. of the Sherpa died. Oh. And they, like, couldn't – yeah, they couldn't recover their bodies. They fell one really far in. One of the far snapped. Yeah. Are you, are there you was aware like, of, like, the, the makeup of – I mean, like, I've seen some Everest shit. Is the my time. I, what's it called? The Icefall? The yeah, ice? Kumbo Icefall. That's the start of it, which is kind of the scariest part of the climb. Because it moves, I think. As yeah. The, as it, like, during the day when it's the sun hits it, it's sort of it moving. It starts to melt a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like in the night, you hear it cracking. 
Like when you're in your tent sleeping, you right. see like these big collapses and the Terrific. ice cracking. And Climbing when I say the ladder snap, it was actually the so the ladder was resting on the ice, so it was covering a crevasse, and the ice collapsed and they fell in. Um, but that oh. that definitely put a dampener on the mood. And then there was a really <laughs> I'm not big, laughing, but like I'm sure. No, it, it's that's it's fucking like, incredibly yeah. like intense to. That sort of, that's kind of part of what I find very impressive about what you guys have sort of done generally is like that you're putting yourself into pretty fucking hairy situations. And I'm trying to look at like, obviously the outcome of it is fucking amazing, but like, are you getting the outcome that you set out for? Let's you, well, obviously, you know, Cam Chatka, like, is that, I was trying to work out how you plan for something like that, not knowing what the fuck you're walking into a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think like, well, that trip to Cam Chatka, I don't know, like a lot of the things that happened, we just had no control over and we just kind of got thrown into these situations that none of us thought we'd ever be in. And yeah. like we, we grew up in Avalon Beach, which is like the safest, perfect like part of the world. And then to be like over in East Russia, like stuck in blizzards and I don't know, all that, all the mm. crazy shit that was happening. Yeah, it couldn't be further from what we're used to and what we're comfortable with. So I don't know, I think we just had to just take it as it came and like yeah i don't know we got thrown a heap of spanners and some pretty serious situations but was there was there a safety officer were one of you like doing like risk assessments and stuff <laughs> no, you know what I, mean? I was definitely the you were you were in charge we I, had luke our producer was back home and he was kind of like overseeing everything and had our parents ringing him being like what the hell are these freaking idiots still doing over there but over there spanny was definitely in, in control of i that. definitely handle the shit fight the best. I got too much right. head noise. Like I can definitely <laughs> chill everyone out and like no matter what's going on, we can see the outcome and like, yeah, we could, I'm good at problem solving I think in my head, but then like you guys are all right, but I've definitely got to. Well, there needs to be a captain. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I guess to start it from the start a little bit, I know that you'd done some sort of trips before like to the Arctic or something that it was it sort of mentioned, but you guys planned a surf trip to the east coast of Russia, Kamchatka, which is like one of my favourite fucking words now. <laughs> um, it's a great word. It's a great word. How do you get that idea in your mind to go and do something like that? And again, like why? Like that's why there? Just because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we ask each other why as well. Like uh, in 2019, me and Guy and Fraser, one of the surfers, went to Iceland um, on a surf trip and it was just purely because we'd seen that there was waves up there and then in this day and age to surf somewhere without anyone being there, you have to go to these places, these places that no one wants to go basically. Yeah. So it's like freezing and miserable and cold and there's good waves. So uh, we made a film called A Corner of the Earth and it did pretty well and um, yeah, screened all over the world, won some awards. So off the back of that, we kind of were like, where else on this planet can you go that no one has been to surf and um, yeah, that is, has waves that no one's discovered yet. And we kind of just looked on Google Maps and all around the globe and um, Kamchatka, Russia was kind of on our radar actually through our snowboarding film because it's like really popular heliboarding and snowboarding up right, there okay and um we found we looked at uh swell maps and it had big swell and no one had been there in winter to make a surf film so that was our little opportunity so when you say look at google maps it's a pretty big world right like we, <laughs> you can't, how considered is that decision to look at <laughs> a place that is seriously random on the map, like in the middle of nowhere, far east of Russia, 
sort of like on the border of the Pacific. And what's the sea up there? I can't pronounce it. Sea of all. I can't pronounce yeah. it either. Something. It's Pacific. It's the Pacific, Pacific and then and the, yeah, the sea that goes over to Alaska above Japan. Google it. But yeah, so Google how it. do you what, – what motivates you to, to check swell maps for that part of the world? Yeah, we – Had you heard whispers? We'd heard whispers. You, so, heard whispers. Yeah, like Spence said, no one had been there in um, winter before, but two crews had been there in summer, one in like 99 and then early 2000, but they didn't really score waves. Um, but the place, like the landscape looks insane. And like after going to the Arctic, we were kind of like, if we can find a mix of like epic mountain landscape and waves, like that's the dream combo for us. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we started looking at Kamchatka and then it kind of like weren't super into it because it didn't look like they got much swell. And then we started looking, we went back to it and then saw in winter they do get pretty big swells. And like there's two or three days after the swells, you get offshore winds. So like really clean, good waves. Mm. And then we kind of started looking at the coastline and noticing there was lots of like inlets and bays, which is kind of like what you want to find waves. Um, and then Spenny sent a message to the local crew. Like you sent like 20 messages, right? Just out to the random. Yeah, yeah. Tracker. I just like, yeah. First, first step of the whole project was like, is there waves? And is there anyone up there that can help us? Because there's no way you can go to somewhere that remote mm. and foreign and not have support on the ground. So I, we've just got like one Russian friend up in Avalon actually, and she, she's just been absolutely amazing. And I wrote like an introduction message, like my name's Spencer Frost. I'm a filmmaker from Australia. We'd love to go surfing in Kamchatka. Can anyone help? Like very simple, straightforward. She translated into Russian and I just went on like an Instagram DMing spree and just sent it around to like anyone who I could find that had been up there or lived up there or yeah, at all. And then, um, through those messages, we got kind of two big wins, and one was a local surfer that, that lived Anton? up there, which is Anton, who you dude. saw in the film. He's, <laughs> the king. He's dude, just like the unintentional star man, of the fucking movie. Yeah. Oh, the best. <laughs> Incredible. And then, um, and then, yeah, Anton Anton was the local surfer, so his knowledge was the surf world up there. And then um, Max, who owned, like, all the heliboarding and logistics basically in the area, so... Uh, between having Max, who's going to get us around and get to the waves, and then Anton to tell us where to go, we um, yeah, we kind of were set up for maybe success. success. Yeah, that was the first big win. Like getting a response from them, and they were so keen. Like Anton had been like, "It's my dream to come to Australia to surf, and to have you guys want to come here." It's like just sem- seemed so surreal for him. So he was yeah. frothing, and then we were kind of like, "All right, let's try and make it happen." Yeah. But then we got sent a, um a quote of how much it might cost. And we're like, Jesus Christ, okay, we're going to need to raise Xy. some funds. Yeah, so I was going to ask how you did that, like, because obviously, you know, like 150 kilos of camera gear for starters, right? Like getting everyone over there. Yeah, what was the fundraising process? Yeah, what was, what was like eight grand in excess? Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, I think that was kind of the first like bit of a speed bump we had because, we, you know, you're excited, you got this dream. And then mm. when you look at the figures of how much it's going to cost and over there, like they kind of told us that, a lot of the coastline you can't access by road during winter. Mm. Um, it has to be a helicopter. So we were like, okay, how much is that going to cost? And the helis there are these big MI8s that fit like 27 people in the back or something. Yeah, um, and they're beasts. Yeah, they're huge. They look like they're beast. like a school bus. Yeah. And then um, obviously fuel for them is pretty exy. So yeah, we got Santa quote and we were like, oh my God, like how are we going to do this? But our producer Luke got on and we kind of all came together and like, look, we've got the case study from like the last trip that we did. Mm. Um, you can, you know, we can show and pitch this to companies that it did quite well and we kind of have an idea of what we're doing, but we kind of ended up just lying a lot and just being like, there's definitely waves there and we're going <laughs> to score. <laughs> Looking at each other's going, fuck, I hope we can pull this off. Yeah, <laughs> promise the world and we just, yeah. had, we just, we genuinely had no idea if we were actually going to find waves. Yeah, right. Um, 
So yeah, took a massive punt, but but shout out to um yeah Project Blank was our wetsuit sponsor and yeah. they kind of came on as the lead sponsor and yeah from the start we pitched them the idea and they were just frothing so that was like our first big win to go you know what we can actually maybe make this happen. As a surf brands pretty keen on stuff like this like or like in terms of surfers generally seem like you know you like froth and everything like fucking that was the way it seems just generally even yeah. with like letty seemed letty like he that, was like, where it's just like coming at it. every turn <laughs> which i love yeah. it's such great energy you know what i mean that energy i feel like is permeates surfing generally right like is it easy to get them fucking jacked up on ideas and shit get him you yeah definitely like i reckon I, I think this just <laughs> <laughs> just like the un the uncertainty of this whole the whole thing, like it's pretty hard for a brand to throw good money at something when we genu- we just didn't know if we were yeah. going to pull it off. And it was we were going to we were going to Russia, so that was kind of the this the big kind of unknown. Right? No one really knows about Russia, mm. and it's just I don't know. We've just grown up with this kind of stereotype of Russia and being like this foreign land and villains in Bond movies. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and I don't know. We just. Like definitely some brands were just like, yeah, we're on and we didn't really have to convince them at all. And then there was, there was definitely a lot that were just like, nah, that's not our fight. Yeah, We, right. we, can't, we can't, um, can't support something that we, know, we don't know is going to be a sure thing or, mm. um, but yeah, the, the brands that did jump in, like they took a, a risk. And then I think now I've pretty much individually spoken to all of them and they're just, they can't believe that we actually pulled it pulled off. Pulled it off. Love that. Yeah. No rush, no reward. Yeah. We, we spent a lot of time putting a treatment together too. Like, like as much as we're punters, like going into this, we knew we needed like a substantial amount of money. So we spent like a few months putting a director's treatment together to pitch it. Um, Cause yeah, you do get the surf frothers in there. Like this is a sick idea, but then you've got the boss who's yeah. the guy that's like the yeah. business. With the yeah. Money. And yeah. they're kind of like, is this viable? Mm. So like we had a few serious talks where you'd go in and, Wear your best button up and try and convince the big dog that we're going to pull it off. Brush we, had this, we had that one dude who's the guy and he like sat with us for like an hour and he listened and he frothed and then he's just like, at the end, he's like, boys, he's like, there is no way I'm giving four guys all this money to go fly around in helicopters and drink vodka. He's like, it's not going to happen. And I was like, I just, we just sat with him for like, like an hour. I was like, fuck, that was a waste. Fair enough, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so, enough, do the same. Well, mate, you should have sent him a copy and gone. Yeah, yeah. well, he came actually to... One of the, or a few months. Yeah. He, he said, oh, well done, but that was about it. Punters <laughs> 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 and Dribblers, today's episode brought to you by Good Day, the fastest selling multivitamin of all time. Do I have data to back that up? No, I don't. That's a vibe-based thing. Big shout out to the, the dribblers that are already uh, on it. It's, it's changing lives. I think 207 reviews, five star, all of them at begoodhealth.com.au. If you need uh, to hear it straight from the dribbler's mouth, go and read them because it's been described multiple times as life-changing. As we explained last week, we are currently uh, taking pre-orders only as we are out of stock because it's sold way quicker than anyone could have possibly expected, which we fucking love you all for. We are taking pre-orders. It'll be back in stock later this month, and if you are a subscriber, you will be getting the goods you have not been forgotten about. Begoodhealth.com.au, code dribbler for 20% off. We love you. Punters and Dribblers podcast is always brought to you by the betting platform of choice over here, and that is Neds. Neds, baby. Neds. That's it. Number one in Australia, in our opinion, 
nay the world, nay the universe, nay the multiverse. Now, if you want to follow Tom and I and our mate Guru and our mate Sebo, I mean, I think Tobler's on there, but who cares about that? The Profiles tab, Ed, it's uh, an innovation by Neds where you can go and you can see what people are betting on. It is essentially accountability in app form. Well, it's accountability personified. Correct. Uh, there's also obviously the About Even group in there where everyone's sharing their own bets, giving each other shit, having a laugh, having a chuckle, having a Paul Rahihi. That's a rugby league reference that some may not get. But no, I will. liked it. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Buy a six-pack of Big Day Rosé at hellosport.shop. What are we doing month of May? Because we are working our way through the remainder of the uh, the most recent vintage. Got a couple left that we want to get rid of before we then turn all of our attention to the end of the year. Just feeling generous, Tom. We're feeling generous, and it's, a, it's, it's sale time. We just thought, fuck it. If you buy a case and you use the code MANLY... You get fifty bucks off the case. There if you, you buy go. two cases, you get a hundred bucks off. Yep. You get what I'm trying to say. Go to hellosport.shop, bang, rose on there, code manly, fifty bucks off a case. Pretty fucking generous if you ask me. But we love the punter and we love the dribbler and we're just like let's get this vintage out there to the people that yep. want it most. Let's get it in the gullets of the nation. That's right. Gull it up. Yeah. So how long how long uh in between uh Talking to the guys over in Russia, Anton and whoever the heli guy was, and actually going. About eight months. Okay. We, we were pretty it's a lot of every day. Mm. It was eight months every day, I'd say. Spenny and I get together in his van and just start planning. Because it was like, yeah, you've got this dream, but then to turn it into reality, it's like, it was a lot of work. And the visa sitch ended up becoming like the biggest thing because at the time, COVID was kind of still lingering. It had, yep. You know, those, those second and third waves that mm. were coming. And then we applied for a tourist visa, and then that got accepted. Yeah, we got like a full invitation yeah. in Russian, stamped, everything else, and then just like out of nowhere, they message us just they were like, kidding, that's like not valid anymore. Yeah. Oh. It's like when we thought we were we, – I literally remember messaging you guys like five in the morning, just being like, we're on, we got the visa. And then <clears> like two weeks later, they were like – Taken down. Taken down, yeah. Any idea why? Like, did they, I think it was COVID-related. It I was, think it was another wave or something, but then they just cancelled all tourists yeah. coming into Russia, and then and you have to get other than I think I can't remember if it's tourists, but you have to get invited by the Russian government to come into Russia. So we were getting the heli, like Max, the heliboarding company, to send letters to the Russian government saying, "Hey, we're inviting these guys over," and then they have to approve it, and then the right. government sends you an invitation. Um, and for us, that just seems so far gone. We're like, how the hell are we going to get invited? Mm. But yeah, eventually, like. Yeah, we then we had a, a business in with one of our sponsors who have like a division in Russia and then and then same thing out of nowhere they just cancelled all business visas so no one can come into Russia on a business visa. And Jesus. we just and that was pretty much game over. We were we were like that's that's it. Like we mm. we can't get in. Like mm. surely a business le- visa is like as legit as you can get and they were just like you can't even have one of them. And then we kind of waited a little bit and then Max kind of messaged me he's like hey, we've got this thing that we might be able to get you guys in and he's like it's a bit of a long shot but he's like let's just like go for it and it was like a humanitarian visa like to come and document the area right and um yeah. and then yeah he he kind of knew the people in the government the local government at Kamchatka, and they kind of like went for it and then yeah 
We um. It was like five days before we left. I'd fully written the trip off. I was just like last eight months. <laughs> five what a, eight. Like humanitarian yeah. aid workers with yeah. surfboards. That's what I was. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. sus. Yeah. It, it was, was a bit it was, sus. It was dodgy. <laughs> so a part of it was like we were gonna, you know. Um, showcase the best at Kamchatka, but there was also like sporting events there that they said we'd go and document. Um, so we were kind of, it was like, we were telling the truth, but it was also like stretching the truth. We're going to make a yeah, surf, right. surf doco. But then, yeah, we got, Spenny, you were at my house actually. And I had like this no caller ID pop up on my phone. He's like, answer it. <laughs> Usually I like never answer them. <laughs> and then they were just like, hey, um, it's the Russian embassy in Sydney and you guys have got approved. Wow. And we were just like, oh my God. And the, the craziest thing with like, with that, like to, to be like pre-approved to even have the application be sent in, you had to ha- you had to have your flights booked and paid for. You had to have like insurance, insurance. Like you had to. Ha- I think we've spent like twenty grand or thirty yeah, grand fuck. without even knowing if we were going to go and non-refundable. Just, just, oh just to God. just we had to like there was no other way. And That's then so hectic. like we just were waiting around for weeks because it was like Christmas, then New Year's, and then like all the offices were closed. And then yeah, five days before we were leaving. We all got the like the call and then mm. the text and then that was crazy. How do you get Letty and Fraser? Are they mates of yours? The to the, their names right, Letty yeah. and Fraser. Yeah, yeah, the surfers who were you know the the dudes ripping. How do you find those guys? Yeah, so like Spenny said before, Fraser came on our last trip to the Arctic. We oh, all grew right. up in Avalon yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, we'd actually tried to get uh, Letty on the first trip, but he didn't want to come. He kind of wrote it off, just being like, I don't know if you guys are going to score waves. And he was doing the QS like the world tour. The qualifying series at that okay, time right. um and it was a bit of a gamble like we were punting um and then he kind of saw where that film went and it did, it did quite well and we had an epic trip and then he was like i need to be a part of the next one mm. so it was always been like the kind of core crew okay um and yeah we we rung them up and it's like you guys keen and they were just frothing you lucked out because they're good surfers obviously but they're good on camera talent yeah as well yeah they're just great you guys, know like, like dynamic <laughs> like frothing the whole time yeah Funny, speak well. Funny, it was good. Few tears, few tears. We yeah, love yeah. that. But it's, it's yeah, it's a crazy that the four of us have grown up together. Like we, me and Guy, have been best mates since we were like like twelve or thirteen or something. Like same with Letty and Fraser. They're a bit younger than us, but like we're just like four best mates, and we just kind of have all gone down our own paths. Like they're professional surfers. Um, yeah, and I'm doing the filmmaking, obviously. Guys doing photography, and then we've just combined forces, and we can just come up with these dream projects and travel together and. Just yeah, it's it's kind of pretty pretty crazy to think about like just growing up being frothing grommets and just surfing at Avalon and now we're like flying around yeah. the world on these projects. It's yeah. Um, has this cool. has the success of this project opened doors for you guys to do like to do more shit or has it kind of already been open and you just got to like you, it's all about kind of just making it happen yourself. I think it's it's definitely opened doors for sure. I think like like Spenny was saying, it's just like we were just kids that had a kind of dream and ambitions and then we kind of just went went with it it's mm-hmm. kind of like probably like you guys you just like had an idea and rolled with it and now you're doing it sort of living yeah you know, you're fucking yeah. it and it's, it's been like a lot of work and we've hustled so hard mm. but it's it's really cool to see like where we're at now I'm not saying we're killing or anything but it's like yeah you, you, you're not, not killing it <laughs> yeah it's, been, it's you know it's fucking that it's was really cool to like to see the hard work and the the stuff we've done over the years and to, to see where we're at now, like have the cinemas full and people coming up. To yeah, the that was the coolest film. That must so. have been satisfying. I saw it at the Ritz and yeah. it was with my mate and I was saying before, 
lot of gummy on board. I was uh, I was in another direction <laughs> when that thing started. Sick. We all watched it on gummy. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's the it. best. Me and my mate came out and went, that's how you see that. <laughs> <laughs> when when Guy came in, I was fucking watching it again in here, just like, I want to just remind myself of what I saw, but like uh, that opening scene when like the chopper and shit's flying around the mountain and like the music, who, the, the sound design and soundtrack was hectic, but I was in my seat being like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> whoa. <laughs> but it must have been mate. super satisfying yeah. to see these cinemas just packed out. Yeah, it was cool. Like like tomorrow night we've got one at the Newport, which is like a pub up our way, and that's yeah. our that's our thirtieth show this Jeez. year. Wow. So we've done like shitloads. But like yeah, it's it's so cool to sit back and see just share it. And I think like the, the coolest thing has been like going to all these places like Tasmania and I've got a few mates down there and catching up with mates there or like fly up to the Goldie and see mates there and share it with them like it's just been like such a cool process and so many different stories coming out of the the tour like like there was this one lady like she was like 70 and she walked into the wrong cinema and she just like <laughs> sat through the whole movie and, like <laughs> she was meant to go to avatar <laughs> she and she just like film. turned to the guy next to him just like i wasn't meant to watch this but i really enjoyed it <laughs> just like stuff like that like, like like i don't i think for the surf audience it like appeals to like enough for sure. But then all the other, just everyone else, just like uh, parents and grandparents and people that like couldn't really give a shit about a surf film. Like they've just frothed out on it and yeah. come and watch it. And yeah. How do you, when you're out there, cause the summer, some of the shots are obviously incredible. My favourite one, I think it's, I think it may have even been on like a magazine or something, but like is the one where maybe it's like your second morning and walking uh, through the ice. Walking through, it's like snowing, it's sunny, they're all in wetsuits walking through the ice with their surfboards and you're just like, this is the nut. Like this is just, I've never seen anything like it. Are you, how much time is all that taken when you're in the spot and it's freezing cold? You obviously haven't been, I assume you haven't been to these spots to plan these shots. Like you've got to be quite dynamic and on the run with the way you're operating. Like what, how, how difficult is that? It's just like always have a camera rolling. That was right. pretty much the mindset. Mm. And we started to realize that nothing would go to plan there. Yeah. Like we'd make a plan to shoot like a certain, because we had a shot list that we were trying to get and that just went out the window. <laughs> I can imagine. Like, and that particular morning was, it was just luck of nature. And like, it's like having all your gear set up, ready to go. Like Spenny's got his gimbal, like in, setting it up in the dark. So if the lighting is good, you're ready to roll. Yeah. Mm. And that was right. one of those mornings. It was incredible. Like surf was good. Icebergs on the beach. You've got like the sun out with it snowing and this crazy sunrise. Yeah, like, yeah. it was a hell of a shot. Yeah. It was yeah, <laughs> it's a hell of a shot. But it was one of those ones where we were like, we got one shot at this because like it's fucking cold and you can't just get the boys to like just do it again, do it we again. Try. <laughs> but like even me and Guy are cold filming it, and like when you got a scene like that, you just like think in your head like, how can you make this as cool as it can be? Possible. And then you just yeah. get whatever camera tech we had and are you watching it back immediately or like when you're doing it are you like dude like do you know how good it is when you're doing it or is it only upon like looking i think back? that sh yeah that you shot know. and then the next shot after that where he's surfing like through the icebergs yeah i think yeah. both, both yeah, of those yeah, yeah. shots after it we were just like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> are you using yeah. drones as well like for those like real like sweeping sort of shots the tracking shots almost or is that uh some of them were drone and some of it i was like sitting on the back of a snowmobile ah. with like a Steady yeah, camera. Yeah. There's one crazy shot where Spenny's on the back of the snowmobile and our friend Artem, one of the local guides, was driving and then they got the they're tracking with the icebergs in front. That's the one I think I'm thinking yeah. about. And it is in it's like close to when they're walking. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that was just again watching it this morning. I was like, How long are the boys out there surfing for you to get all these shots? Because it sounds like And are you in the water the whole time as well? Oh, we'd mix it up. It just depends. Like right. yeah, how I cold was, it is. I was pretty useless in the water, to be honest. Like because 
when you're swimming, you're not moving. So it's like, I don't know if you guys have done like an ice bath, but you just sit in it and yeah. you, you get cold quick. But mm. like when you're surfing, you're paddling and you're kicking and you're like, you're moving. So your body stays a lot warmer. So like for us, just waiting for the boys to get a wave, especially if it's slow, like only one wave every 15, 20 minutes. It's like, oh, you, get, you get so cold. Like we, oh. I probably last definitely the least long guy can out muscle it a bit more than me. And then, Letty and Fraser, they they'd probably last hour and a half. Yeah, they maybe. were pretty good. Like, like Letty had never done cold before, so he he was amazing. Like they both are amazing, but I think we placed bets before we went. Like how long Letty would last first surf, and we said like twenty minutes. He did like nearly two hours. So oh really? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. How cold? Like what's the feeling? Like what? How cold is it? If could you try to explain that to the people <laughs> listening? Colder than like, ice how, like at what at what point are you just so off it? Like, is it after a couple of minutes you're like, this is... You know what, like Spenny was saying, when the when there's um, surf is slow, like when there's not a lot of sets coming in, you're just floating. Like, <laughs> you go insane. Like, you actually go insane. And you've mm. got like... Sometimes in the water, you've got these volcanoes behind and you, you've got this shot in mind, like the boys doing a turn or an air with the volcano behind. Mm. And then the set comes and you don't link up and you're like, okay, just one more. Like, you're just always saying like another few minutes, yeah. another few minutes. But you... You go insane. Like we were like barking and yelling. And <laughs> yeah, like. you just. I had yeah. Uh, that one morning we, you got me up at like five in the morning to go. Fuck, that was. F-. And I, I, I remember I was swimming in like the dark pretty much, and I was like, I like I had a thought. I was like, why are we doing this? <laughs> like it was like it was like kind of a cool sunrise and it was kind of good surfing, but I was like, it's like, you you're suffering. Literally, you're suffering. Like you're freezing to death, basically. <laughs> slowly and then the way the boys weren't really getting any good waves and i was just like this is just like not worth it but yeah yeah so those moments are good to look back on you just like i don't know unappreciative of <laughs> yeah like, Fuck this i want to go home it was like, like the craziest sunrise volcanoes you're like this sucks what am i out here for we nearly <laughs> had to blow up that day we, we were just like over it hey everyone's like, over it, in yeah. the water close close yeah, it's it's hard being on a trip where like the ma- the the whole goal is to like make the film and, and like the book and everyone's kind of on the same program. But if someone's just off it and sour and like rightfully so, it's such like testing yeah. conditions. Like it's pretty easy to like, like we, we were like, we we're pretty lucky. No one had any like crazy. No, I was, was going to say, were there any blow ups between the boys? Maybe Not, a bit of a wrestle in the snow. <laughs> Letty and Fraz have always, had yeah. but overall really good. Like I think cause we haven't really touched on the situation, but the Russian-Ukraine no, thing was... I was about was, to say, yeah, we've yeah. buried the lead there. Ha- <laughs> happening at the time. So it was like, we kind of were a team more than like clashing. It was like, we got to get through this together. Yeah. So it was like always checking in on each other, like how are you actually going? And and like, we know each other so well. Like when you're getting on each other's nerves, you got to just back off. Back off. Especially in that environment. It's not like... I was going to say, in that environment, in a different environment, that's when you push on. That's when mm. you go even yeah. harder when your mates get Yeah, you're like, off. let's make him yeah, cry. Yeah. <laughs> no, there wasn't much, like, we definitely at home we rev each other up and, like, yeah. and just, like, get on each other's nerves a bit more. But, like, over there, like, when we, you're sleeping in a tent and it's, like, cold and you yeah. just, like, don't... It galvanises you, you, just, you don't want a fucking nightmare. Yeah. yeah, we should just... For those of you listening, and, like, we would have mentioned it in the fucking intro, but, like, you leave Australia, you land in Dubai or... Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, yeah. Dhabi and then get off the plane that's like Russia's invaded Ukraine. That seems like Russia already being, again, maybe just from a perception standpoint, already seems a bit of like an etched place to then know that they're actually in like an active war. 
how was it dealing with family and stuff back home and like you guys all was there ever any chance between the four of you that you were going to go back or like turn around or was it all pretty much like we're going to fucking do this you want to go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. That Who was, can answer this most politically correctly? Yeah, that was like super. It was yeah, such a crazy situation, and like we none of us really knew how serious the situation was. Basically, mm. like we, it was like it was the day one. It was like just started. We hadn't even really heard about it in Australia. It was like whispers on the news kind of thing, and then it was just becoming a thing. Like two days before we left, but but they were just like. Troops were kind of just gathering at the border, but they hadn't like officially gone in. And we just were kind of like, oh, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. And we none of us knew. And then we kind of, yeah, as we landed, we got got um off the plane in Abu Dhabi and like all the screens in the airport kind of just said, Russia's invaded Ukraine. And we were two hours till our flight to Russia. So um, we like sat in this little Irish pub at like two in the morning and we we're trying to like call our family, but there was no Wi-Fi or reception. So you could like just kind of send messages and like voice memos back and forth on whatsapp and then like uh, fraser's parents kind of just said do not get on that next flight um and i think that was kind of the big like that was probably the hardest moment because up until then like i think like your family was i think my parents were just like do whatever you want (laughs) (laughs) they knew like the amount of effort that like between us two like yeah they'd seen how much we'd been hustling to make it work and then it was just like we'll trust you guys with the decision you make whereas Fraser's parents, like, they didn't see what we'd been doing and all no. the planning, and they were just like, don't be idiots. Like, just a surf film. It's just a surf trip. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. And yeah. that put us in a pretty weird situation at, at the table because Fraser was like, I don't know what to do. My dad's saying, like, okay. don't go. Letty, Spenny, and I were kind of just like, let's just push on until we can't, but also didn't really know what the right decision was. Yeah. And our producer, it's Luke, was the know, same. Really. And, like, we were, Luke was speaking with the crew in Moscow, like, the, um, our fixers there, and they were just like, once you get the camp chucker, you'll be like so fine and we'll look after you. It's just like, it's up to you guys. Getting there yeah. first. The um, great scenes when you guys are like sitting on the f- tarmac waiting. Four hours. Go, four hours yeah. and just like, I mean, is it difficult for you guys as well? Probably also wigging out, but then being like, this is also, I've got to capture the footage of the boys wigging out here. Like, are you having to remind yourself constantly in those moments that you're filming? Like not to get overwhelmed? I think like, I think look like, in that, in, when we were there in the moment, I don't think, I I don't think either of us would have thought how powerful that footage was going to be, yeah. and how much of like storytelling it was. Like, that was pretty much just guy with his camera around his neck and just like leaving it on record half the time, and just trying to kind of get whatever. Yeah. Speaking of Xander, because I rung Xander like voice memos back and forth, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Xander's your brother. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I forget because you guys yeah, know him. Anyway. But yeah, my yeah. rung my brother. He's older, and I kind of use him as a wiser man sometimes but i rung him and he was just like just go for it like <laughs> just film everything yeah because he's like you're not going to realize like spenny was saying you're not going to realize how crazy this situation is until you look back on it yeah there's some cool. great footage of letty who looks like he's just wigging out like he's just yeah deep eyes closed that, deep breathing yeah. and shit he's sitting in the chair like. yeah that would have been the four, was that the longest four hours of your life sitting on the plane like that it was it yeah, was just so, so weird hey? yeah so like basically we we got we like made the call the four of us were like stick together let's get to moscow and then we'll yeah and we were just we thought we were kind of on and we made the decision and then yeah basically got on the plane and like no word no nothing and like when when inspected the flight attendant and she was just basically like we can't fly over to the 
west because that's kind of going over Ukraine, basically. Mm. So And also, wasn't she like, if we fly, I'll be scared. Like, yeah. Uh, they were tr- okay. Yeah. Which it is like, yeah, it's kind of, you look, you look to the flight attendants for like assurance on when, yeah. it, when like even when you're in a bit of turbulence, like oh no, they're just <laughs> yeah. But they were they were stressing and they and they kind of came up to us at one point and we're just like, why are you guys still on the flight? Like you're Australians, like why would you be going? And we were just kind of like, holy oh, shit, like fuck. why yeah. why are we? Like kind of made us all think like, and people were getting off the plane like while it was just sitting there. You had the opportunity to get off. Heck, dude. How um, many people got off? I think just a handful yeah, but we, we saw, saw like the buses so like you got the bus the plane you get on and we we're sitting there for hours and then at one point the buses came back and we were like oh my god we're not we're not going this is nuts but then a few people got off that just wanted to like not fly into moscow yep but then eventually the the, the captain got on and just said you know we found a safe flight path we're going to go super far east because the um the western border like the airspace had closed down right and like even one of the um stewardess told us she's like oh yeah five russian jets just got shot down near the Ooh. border and we were just like oh my god was that it, like, was it was like that that day when we were sitting on that plane that was when it like everything popped off yeah. basically like that was like i don't know if you probably didn't no one really saw anything or it wasn't really documented but i think it was very serious that first initial yeah kind of, yeah and we just didn't know because it was like we didn't have wi-fi like, we, w- we couldn't really communicate with people back home. We didn't realise, like, the severity of it all. Mm. And then when she told us that, we were just like, oh, my God, like, what are we doing? And then by that po- point, it was, like, too late to get off. And the captain's like, all right, we're going to fly. <laughs> it's just like, holy shit. Yeah. As soon as that plane took off, it was like, fuck, like, it looks like we're going to Moscow. Yeah. The then, whole like, thing seemed like, when you're watching it, it's almost like just the whole thing is a dream. Like, the, the whole scenario, how bizarre it all is fucking war kicks off as you're flying over there but then in the actual place it's so like rugged and like mm. barren and like there's how many volcanoes are around there like it was just it seems like a a, a dreamlike place yeah yeah like it was such a like emotional roller coaster getting over there and and then yeah once we were in kamchaka like there was actually like a even more of a stitch up in when we landed in moscow but maybe we'll d- double back on that because they're actually some pretty good stories but we um yeah once we landed in Kamchatka it was like three days of travel like 60 hours mm. or something of travel is like the most we've ever done anywhere in the world and then just landing there and straight off the plane just like seeing these big volcanoes right on the coastline and um and good waves like Anton kind of you said in the film Anton's like let's go surfing it's been stormy for three weeks and today's pretty fun so like so you landed and just got straight in the water. Like an yeah. hour from the airport, <laughs> just went and surfed. May as well. We were literally so cooked. Yeah. Like, hadn't been running on like a three days. Like, yeah. yeah, thought we were going home, then we were back on, then all this shit's going on, and then just to get there and like have a fun surf, it was like pretty pretty amazing. And I remember we got off the plane. Like when we landed, <laughs> the um, the chick on the radio on the plane was like, yeah, it's minus 16 outside. And we were just like, oh my God. And then you see Andrew, he's like, let's go surfing. <laughs> You're like, oh. God, <laughs> no, like, no, dude. Fucking run me a hot bar. <laughs> That's what I've been asking for. But I'm made of different stuff. It's probably worth doubling back though, because yeah. when you landed in Russia, immigration didn't let in a handful of you. Let in one of you. What was the situation? Yeah. There? So we landed in the plane, and then even at one point when we got off the plane, and the stewardess came up to us, she's like, "You guys all good?" We're like, "Yeah." And she's like, "There was two 
Russian jets that escorted us over the border. When wow. We Russia, and that was just like... Right next to the plane. Did yeah. you see them? No, we didn't see we them. We didn't. Just got told. Whoa. But it was just like... It was just That's such a, everything. Pretty. Yeah, like it was like a dream. Like yeah. not a good or bad. It was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like wow. it was such a crazy day. And I think going into Russia, everyone had told us that, you know, boredom, uh, border security is pretty full on and they'll question you and just... <laughs> You know, you, there's nothing wrong you guys are doing, so just get your story straight and you'll be fine. And then, yeah, we, we I'll let you tell. This is your favourite story to share. So. Yeah, yeah, this is good. <laughs> and then, yeah, basically, we yeah we had the pep talk from everyone, just like straight face, paperwork. Ev- you've got everything and you just hand it over, smile, and you come through, basically. And I gave her my passport and just, and then it, like, scanned it and it made, like, this weird kind of beepy sound that didn't sound good. And then um, I see Letty over in, like, another booth because it's, like, those metal booth things yeah. and he I like look over and she he's like kind of fumbling and then he gets let through and I was like what the fuck and she's like oh like your passport's not connecting or something and then guy tried and then guys the same thing it kind of beeped and then he, he like got denied and then Fraser as well and then we were all just like what where's Letty like he got through and then she basically like she's like I'm gonna take your passport she's like I'll be back in Ten, like minutes. 10 minutes and go wait she, in the corner and she just like went mia for oh. for like two hours <laughs> oh disappeared oh. and we're just like sitting in this little immigration area like and there was people getting like so it was like a room we're on these three chairs and there's people around us and people are getting sent home like, like they, people are getting deported there's these like us. there's like oh. kind of good cop bad cop rooms that you get taken into and people are either coming out and going through or they're coming out and yeah, going and home like, you hear him going like you know we got to get you on the next flight out like blah blah and you're just like oh my god what the hell is going on yeah it was it was crazy and that was what like three hours we sat there just like no idea letty was in russia on his own with like no wi-fi and he like he borrowed like the stewardess's phone because she came through and she was like are you okay are you okay and he was like yeah yeah why and she's just like you should be more stressed <laughs> <laughs> your friends are not getting in and he was oh. just like oh shit like yeah, it was pretty wild. And then this, like, bald, staunch, scary Russian immigration guy, just, like, he's, like, Australians or something. He's, like, you three. And we're, like, fuck. All right? And, like, oh, in here, and we, like, walk into this room. It's just, like, four white walls and a desk. Like, yeah, just scary-looking Russian dude. And it's just three pieces of paper on the table. I'll never forget this in my whole life. It's, like, official deportation papers of the Russian Federation, oh. Spencer Frost. Guy Willamant, Fraser Dovell, signed, stamped, laid out in front of the three of us. Passports on them. And See we you were later. just like, thanks for coming. And the, <laughs> See you, Letty. Guy and Fraser just had like a full mind melt. Like, well, he was just, like, "What are you doing here?" And me, I was just like, <gasps> "Me and Fraser just melted." Yeah, he just he just said, "What are you doing in Russia?" And we were just like, I was I just kind of took over and I was like, "Hey, like, we're allowed to be here. We have all this paperwork. Like, I just kind of got out everything that I had and yeah. just like invitations, visas." It's all legit, blah, blah, and he just like kind of wasn't really buying it. He was just like, "What? Who invited you? What? What's your contact?" And then he was kind of like, "You've got, you've got a phone call. Like, put me onto someone." And I called Victoria, who was kind of like the on the ground like logistics manager, mm. um, in and she was actually just like at the baggage carousel, like just at the other side. And then they kind of yelled in in Russian, and um, yeah, they were back and forth, and then it was kind of like. Yeah, it didn't sound good. It was, it was. <laughs> I remember the only word I knew was no, like net. And they, the guy just kept being like, yet, yet, yet. I was like, boys, this is grim. And then, and then, yeah, he said like, he like kind of shoved the phone back to me. And then she was like, Spenny, I'll handle it. And hung up on me. And I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> all right. And then he's like, go back outside. And we just like went back out and sat there for, 
another like half an hour and then he just like walked over and handed us our passports and he said going through wow Ooh. it was just so weird they said our visas weren't like in the system like they didn't um know we were coming like someone didn't send something and someone just but letty's was it was such a tribute because they asked letty um if he had a like any other forms of passport and they asked us all this but we didn't have like we just have aussie passports but yeah. he has um English or UK? Yeah, British passport. Yeah, and he gave him his British. And it made like a ding and let him go through on his British. Uh, so did he just accidentally give over the wrong passport? Like, no, because no, no, he, he, he scanned it, it and it did the same as ours. And then... But then they stamped his Aussie one. So we were just like, what the... F-? Like, it just didn't <laughs> yeah, make sense. It right. didn't make sense. But yeah, that was like after everything that happened in Abu Dhabi and then on the plane and then landing in Moscow and, and that, it was like 24 hours of like stress, wow. anxiety... You would have been exhausted after that. <laughs> we were yeah. fucked. And then you got to fly all the way to Kamchatka, which which is surely ten, ten, ten hours, nine or ten hours, ten hours, flight. yeah, Jesus. Like oh, twice man. across Australia, pretty much, and then yeah. straight into the water. Yeah, straight into negative sixteen one degree water. <laughs> oh but at least you're in, you were going in the right direction, though. Yeah, yeah. I think like once we were even like once we were. Oh, Moscow was a little bit like we kind of got told just like stay in the airport hotel and yep. just just like take, lay low. Like you're there. Like it's all happening, and then we basically slept for like six hours, and like all of us just crashed. Like we were in this like shittest little airport hotel, <laughs> and we just like all passed out. Woke up in the morning, went to like the domestic airport, which is kind of down the road, and then yeah, got on the flight for ten hours and flew across Siberia, like craziest landscape like ever, basically, mm. and and landed, and we were there, and like as soon as we landed, it was like on. Yeah. Like we were, pumped. we're good now. Like we're like good. The- we're safe. Like, like we've got the right people that are going to look after us. And like now we've got to get to work. And how long was it you were there for? Total, about nearly pretty much two months. It was like seven and a half weeks. So you really get like you really get a feel for a place. You know what I mean? When you're there for that long, mm. what I think you did well was like, as you we were saying, like um, almost what you were setting out to do as humanitarians uh, was to like show sort of like a real side of Russia. Yeah. Did that feel like something that you Well, was it a was it a bit of a culture shock for you even generally like in terms of what you expected? I think yeah, kind of like what we spoke about before it's funny like in all the movies, you know, the Russian is the villain and the bad yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. And I think when we went there and the first person we meet is Anton who's like like you guys saw in the film like the biggest frother ever. Yeah. He just felt like one of the boys straight away and you, like we're making raps in the car on the way to yeah, the surf. Full like, sicko, yeah, he's full sicko just doing like sending us weirdest memes and stuff <laughs> like, like just and like he spoke wh- English as yeah. well. Was yeah. Really yeah. But if you were to like show me a person it was like when we were the screening the first shot of him on screen everyone laughs it's yeah, like yeah. that's what a Russian surfer looks like. Yeah, totally. That's what like a fully, Shred or like, die is that what he was shred saying? Shred or die. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that just like challenged that stereotype like straight off the bat. Yeah. Everyone we met was just incredible and then really like they looked after us. Like Max also, he knew the situation and he knew we were stressed and he like understood that there was some fear on our side of whether we stay or leave. And he, he came up to us one day and just like, look, like your safety is like the top of our interest right now and we're going to look after you. And we'll, if, if like the borders close, we'll get you home. So just know that. So that was like made us feel heaps better because, mm. you know, you're getting messages from home just being like, what are you guys doing? Like... Time to wrap it up. Let's get you back, say. And <laughs> we're there. And like, it you know. was pretty wild. Yeah, it was wild because, like, we had to register with the Australian government that we were traveling to Russia, like, hmm. when we were allowed to travel, basically. And then, like, since we were registered, every day we were getting emails from DFAT, DFAT, which is, like, yeah. Department of Foreign, Foreign Affairs. Affairs. Yeah, being, like, 
are you still in Russia? Like, these people are being detained for media purposes, like, probably should come home. And we were kind of like, yeah, just every day, literally every day, we would get a message being like, are you still in Russia? You should come home right now. Hey, DFAT, fuck off. Stop wigging me out every day. Seriously, and we just (laughs) felt, like, we felt really safe where we were. Like, we are in the mountains or, like, on an isolated beach in the middle of nowhere. Like, nothing was going to happen to us. It was just whether, like, we got trapped there if the borders closed. Because there was a time when... I think Abu Dhabi and Dubai threatened to like close off to Russia. Yep. And that was when Luke, our producer, was like, okay, like the next few days we need to be, you guys like might need to pack your bags and be ready to go. Mm. So there was a few days there and it was hard with Fraser's, you know, family in a way because they were definitely like the most conservative and concerned, like rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was like, yeah. I wouldn't say there was tension between us, but we'd just have to communicate and be like, how are you feeling? And be like, I'm freaking stressed right now because yeah. everyone's telling me to come home. Yeah. And then, Did you feel most days? Like, we did something, yeah, we pretty much did something every day. There's a handful of days that we didn't film something and, like, those days, like, we were always doing something. Definitely me and Guy were always, like, chatting with people at home, like, doing, like, you have to put the footage onto computers, obviously, you guys know, like, mm. doing, and then um, doing interviews, just, like, sit people down and just be like, what what the fuck just happened? Like, yeah. like when, when cool stuff happened, we'd just make sure we, like, got everyone's recount yep. of that and, like... I don't know. There was always something to do. Really, didn't feel like we had much kind of downtime. No. It was just like because we knew we had a story, and I guess like you're trying to connect the dots of what you need to fill in, like yeah. naturally, but also like just being aware of what shots we need to get still. And mm. that was really hard because there was times I think spoke about it before. We had a shot list before we went, and then you go there and like it's like getting the boys running into the chopper. Yeah, and like we did a lot of chopper rides and only once were we allowed to film it because like the time schedule there like the pilots land and they're like get in get in because they're on such a tight time yeah. schedule with weather too so it was like and it was frustrating sometimes because you're paying like a lot of money to do these trips and you're not even getting to like document it so yeah. it was like yeah. right, trying like, to find this balance of like telling a story and then like being in the moment and actually yeah. doing it but why, yeah. so why couldn't you film all the time I'm sure. uh so basically like because the helicopters would fly from the airport like the heliport yeah. and then they'd pick us up from the lodge and then go and it's like once it's left, it's on, you're on the clock. Right. And it's like, yeah, we'll tell you later how expensive yeah, right. they are, but it's undisclosed here. But yeah. I, I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah. But I will, I will like, be asking. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. only like, like as it lands, if you, if you film for 10 minutes, it's like, yeah, it's fucking like two grand. And also something. like <laughs> when you're going on those trips, you bring like if we're going camping on the coast for a few days, like, you're filling up the chopper with so much gear. So they've got all this gear lined up. Yep. And in your head, you're like, okay, we need the boys like running into the chopper with their boards under their arm. And they're just like, boys, we can't do that. Like, yeah, it's right. landed. We've got to fill it up with all the camping gear. And, and then we're going. Out of here. Yeah, right. You're just like, fuck, we kind of need these shots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's pretty, it was crazy. Like, I think we just scraped by. Like, you probably watched the film and you're like, fuck, you guys did sick. Like, you got heaps of good stuff. But like, we were like, even like with three days left, we're like, we have not got enough like to tell this story kind of thing like, oh yeah, really right. like, like hustling yeah. just like cu- trying to get those connection shots yeah just, like, right just, play like, shots. Begging, yeah. just be like can we please like yeah yeah that right. would have i imagine that would have been very stressful being like we gotta get like as filmmakers as filmmakers yeah. like we gotta we gotta get out of here soon and we haven't got all the stuff and i think that's the thing like the pilot, the pilots don't give a fuck no. about a surf movie mm. yeah. their job is to get you from a to b in the shortest amount of time yeah. in this like usually it's a short weather window because you're in the mountains and there's a lot of storms and stuff yeah, right. so it's like but it, like we got there in the end it was just like times where you hadn't got the shot yet and you're just like oh my god so we, it, 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 sorry you go yeah we did de- we did definitely blew the budget probably like two weeks 
earlier than we should have. Right. So we were kind of like out of budget and heli time and we like hadn't got what we needed with the helicopters. So then we had to like call home and just be like, can we please have some more money? So we had to like take some money out of like the editing budget to like yeah. get us like one more trip. And then we kind of like got all the shots we needed on like the last. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Are you piecing it together while you're over there so that you know what you're missing? Or are you, like, how does that work in terms of, I know, and obviously I'm not a fucking filmmaker. I'd come back and be like, ah, that fucking shot by the, by the way, <laughs> I forgot it. some of that. Yeah. I think you're trying your best to piece it together, but it's also like when you're doing these run and gun docos, it's like, Kind of what happens in front of you is the story. Yeah. Like okay. you can have a rough idea, but it wasn't until really we got home. Like we had a rough understanding of what the story would be. It's not, mm. not until you kind of see everything and you yep. can piece it more together. At, at its core, it's a surf documentary, obviously, right? It, where do those waves sort of stack up in the surf community? Like do people see, oh, there's that left, that sort of slabby left. Is that the right term? Do people see that? Sounds stuff? like it to me, Eddie. That yeah, is the no, perfect term, it. mate. Cool well surf, done. Surf lingo. Slabby left. <laughs> Slabby left. Slabby left. I think, I think Do like, people see that in froth? I like, think is like that? The, the surf world, I think Russia is known. Like, they, people have been to Russia to surf and, like, and people know that there's waves in Russia, but the, the expectation and, like, what people think was in Russia and what they've seen, like, mm. that wave was, like, I don't know, 10 times better than anyone has ever seen any waves in Russia kind of right. thing. So I think just like it just kind of blew anyone's expectations of waves in Russia like totally, totally out of the park, including our own. Like we had no idea. Even when we were pitching to the sponsors, like the dream session was that first day when we got there. Straight yes. off the plane, we pretty much ticked off like as good of a way as we thought we were going to get right. on the whole okay. trip. Yep. Like that was the peak of what we'd seen pretty much yeah before like before. the previous two trips like yeah. people that had like little fun beach breaks yeah, yeah and in our heads like if we can get that we'll make it like epic and, and like we're just all about the story and then yeah and then just as we as we saw those swells kind of pop up we like yeah we um you see in the film we took the punt and booked the helicopter and um anton and max both kind of said the weather's too gnarly and the swell's too big for like anywhere that they know of to surf mm. um but we we were kind of just like, we've traveled most, like between the four of us, we've traveled all around the world filming and surfing and we kind of know when the waves are going to be good. If it's like a massive swell with offshore winds, it means that there's good waves. And yep. that's what popped up on the swell charts. And we, we just kind of went against everyone saying, you're going to waste your money. And we just like, we had to go and check because if we didn't, we'd just be sitting at the lodge and yeah. what could have been. And yeah. Yeah, we just kind of booked the helicopter and threw everything in. And, um, yeah, we, we found it, like, looking out the – like, they took off the door so the boys could, like, be strapped in looking out the side of the helicopter. And they – um yeah, they just spotted this kind of crazy left-hander that kind of looked like a wave in Indonesia or Tahiti or something like that. And, yeah. uh, but just cold and snow all over the mountains and a kilometre out to sea. And, yeah, I think that was that was the moment where, like – pretty much the whole project kind of came together. It was, like there he, was there a heap of U's in the fucking... Was it Ewan? Oh, yeah, was yeah, it so Ewan in the fucking <laughs> helicopter? A couple of Ewans <laughs> going down, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, we were losing it. The reaction is what was great, again, for like, you know, 
you know, not your most professional viewers over here. <laughs> <in> myself. <laughs> well, we, we, I can observe a you. I can yeah, observe yeah. a good you, but I don't yeah. necessarily. I also need to be told when something's you worthy. Yeah. But to see your like your guys' reactions to that wave as it's just like sitting there in the middle of the fucking water. It was like oh. k and a half out, k out or whatever. Yeah, I it was just over a k. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard to get a true understanding. Because as you say, like even those first waves when you got there, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like this is really cool. But that thing looked scary. That big one that you sort of found. Big thicky. Yeah. That had never been surfed before, right? And it was called, what'd you call it? Uh, it ended up being called Chibaraska, which is like this little, uh, little like bear, like a Russian icon thing that pretty much everyone that grew up watches it on TV. It was like a Noddy or a Postman Pat. Oh, and Fra okay. Fraser like had a picture of it on his board. Oh, it was on the board? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they saw yeah. it and they were like, what the fuck have you got Chibaraska <laughs> on your board for? Yeah. <laughs> so they called us the Chibaraska gang. Oh, so okay, So we called cool. the, the wave that. Yeah. I was interested to know like about the boys when they went out there on that wave and surfing generally, right? Like how much of the success that they had on the wave or like just is time on it? Like, or is it, was it about the actual conditions that we like, this is just a fucking hectic, difficult wave to surf. Or is it about like, you probably need to on a brand new wave, virgin wave, if I can be yeah, so yeah. Yeah, virgin wave. <laughs> but like, I th I how think much is like it to, you know, dictate how good you're going to go on it? Like that session, they kind of had a like blow. They just didn't sit. Like they they gave it a crack, but they got smashed, as yes. you saw. Like yeah. they probably made two waves. Like making a wave is where you stand up and then still standing up at the end of the wave. Yes. And they fell a lot and they got like smashed. And then to surf a wave that big and that heavy in water that cold, it's like just like such another level of like, just the wipeouts are so much more violent and gnarly and um, yeah, I think they they did pretty good, but they definitely like didn't kind of nail it basically and mm. um, yeah, but, which but absolutely which is, ridiculous though. Well, exactly. Yeah. Was it, like I don't want it to foot, sound like foot, I'm foot, shitting yeah. on them for not nah, fucking nah, staying up. I'm like, it was <laughs> in the middle of it. I think rightfully so. Like what you're saying is completely correct. Like. Usually if you found a wave that had never been surfed, like usually you're not going to be in minus 15, one degree water. You'd have time to watch it and figure mm. out where you need to sit. But like yeah, you right. don't have that luxury there because usually you got one to two hours max of surfing time. And when you're a kilometre out, it's like, you know, 20, 25 minute paddle out there back in again. So you got an hour to surf it. And like they're fully taking a punt. Yes, and like you unbelievable. Saw like, because what was under the surface? A rock? Yeah, rock. Well, they didn't even know, but... Yeah, that's see that's, yeah, that's that's absurd. Yeah, like in for the all we know, it could have been like like I don't know, Fraser Sharp, but we just just Fuck it. try it and yeah. And that's why f where Fraser comes in because he just gets this like mongrel. He's just got that mongrel in him. Right. Yeah, Letty doesn't really have that, but when he's with Fraser, he kind of has to push it. Right. Because Fraser's just like, let's go, let's do. It. We were gonna fly away, and Fraser's like, there's no way we're leaving this wave just because we didn't know whether it was gonna be good or not. So right, right. He just pushes it, and he got the first like his first wave out there. He made, he got bowed, and he came out, um, which was just like insane. Yeah. To just like go over the edge on one of them and pull in and come out. We were just like, it was unbelievable. And then was that the same? Was that the same where you almost died? And then everyone's like giggling. I'm going to bring this one up. Yeah, well, we had to. Oh, my favorite part of the film. Me and Ella, me and Ella, my wife, watched it last night, and I was like. Holy shit, like poor guy, this looks unbelievable. And then at the end, the boys are like, laugh. turn around having a giggle. <laughs> just yeah. laugh up the camera. No, yeah, that was really hectic. So we all paddled out together mm. to that wave. Um, and yeah, for me, it took about 25 minutes to get out. And I thought. 
like having a longboard would be easier to shoot off just one because of the cold i wouldn't have to be floating in the water and two i could sit in like the channel of where it was safe because again like surfing it's one thing and shooting it's also another thing like you got to position yourself in the lineup so you have to get the shot but also yep. be like safe mm-hmm. um and there was like you saw there were some really big sets coming in every now and then and i'd probably been in the water for like 30 minutes or so and one of those giant ones came through and I just got caught on the inside and like having like, I had a really big camera with a long lens in it and then the 10 foot mouth. So that landed on me and it's just like, yeah, once you go under the water there, it's like, you know, one degree, it's like dunking in an ice bath, but you can't get out. And then I got dragged for, you know, a few hundred meters into this rocky kind of outcrop and my leg leg rope got caught on a rock and I I was panicking. Like I was going into that, you know, panic mode. And and I think when you're out there and you, you don't have that quick like escape route, like that's when I started freaking out and then eventually I made it back out to the boys and I was like completely cooked and really cold and just like my body was starting to shut down and then having another like 30 minute paddle in against the current oh and the boys had kind of left me because they they didn't really know how much I was struggling struggling and then they were pretty much on the shore and Letty looked back and I was still like 500 metres out to sea and oh. he came back. He's like, what are you fucking doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I literally got like tears coming down my face. It's like, oh, oh, are you okay, dude? And I was like, no. Well, like really fucked. And then- Just cooked. I was just, like, I'd just never been so like out of energy before. Yeah. Like we've both been in some pretty wild conditions in the water, but mm. usually, I don't know. I, d- I wasn't able to find that like calming, mm. just breathe. Like everything's going to be okay. Like I was like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. Like mm, have I got yeah. hypothermia? I'm cramping up. Like too we, cold. Were you able to hold on to your camera and everything? Yeah, yeah like, I had my didn't... camera and the, the, yeah, it was just a shit show. And then I got to shore and just started crying and Spenny's got the camera in my face. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, but you had to get I know, it. I know. One of those moments where I was like, I was like, like, yeah, as Guy was saying, like he's probably swam in some of the, more dangerous surf in the world, basically. So he's, he's not a pussy. But then he's like, to, just backing you up, dude. To see him like in that state, I was like, holy shit, he must've got smashed because yeah. he's been smashed 20 times over and come up like smiling and laughing. So I just kind of had the moment of like checking if he's all right or just like, just got to film it. So yeah, I just yeah, yeah. had the camera on the hip and just, I just like left it recording. And I think, Try and get that, it more jacked up. Yeah, dude, you almost died. Yeah, that that I saw you dude. underwater for like five minutes. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, I think that was a good part of the film because it like, they kind of, we found the wave and it was all like, whoa, that's crazy. And then it kind of brought everything back to reality of like, it's pretty serious. And it's yeah. like, it's like, yeah, really dangerous. And then, then to flip back on that, we then, we took the piss out of guy and had Fraser laugh, laugh <laughs> yeah, at the yeah, priest. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, it was nice though. Cause it did show that it was risky out there. It wasn't yeah. without risk because sometimes when you're watching from the comfort of your bed, uh, you can be mistaken for thinking it's Just, not as dangerous. Nah, well, as like surfers you know? surfing, yeah. nice music, bit yeah. of fun. And then you're like, Ooh. And then it was, it was Anton, I think put it into context where he's like, I was yelling at guy like, there's a wave coming, there's a wave coming. Then you got pumped. He goes, then I didn't see him for 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah that's like my favourite bit of the film. His recount of that. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So oh, funny. man. So funny. Yeah, because he was out there with us. So he came out to let, he didn't catch any waves, but he was just sitting like out right. to sea because he'd never seen anything like that before. Right. Yeah. So he just wanted to check it out. He just checked yeah. it out. And after he was just like, he just like, I don't know, he was like mind blown. Like, because yeah. he just lives at the beach and he kind of, just what we were saying, he's only really seen like waves like that first day. Yep. And then to be out there and it's like a wild slab. That big and like heavy onto like pretty much dry reef. And he's looking straight into the barrel at like, yeah. Is he blown away by, I mean, I guess he's got access to internet so he can see what crazy shit surfers are doing. But like, is he, was he 
taken aback by what your what the boys were getting into, like, and what you guys were doing? Like, was it was it hard for him to even comprehend what was going on? I think yes and no. I think he was just so stoked that we'd come to Camp Chucka. Yeah, like he like the two groups that had been there before. He would have been way younger, but he'd seen professional surfers before. But I mm. think like he'd never seen surfers in big waves in real life. So that was like, right. yeah, mind blowing for him, like Spenny said. But I think just being with like Letty and Fraser and hanging out with them, and like they gave him a board at the end, and like he's actually quite a good longboarder. Like we didn't know till the end of the trip because he was on the shortboard a lot, and we were yeah. like, he can surf. But then like the last few days he got on the longboard, we're like, oh, this dude shreds. But <laughs> to think that he taught himself like in that part of the world, like. Yeah, just to get in the cold water it's and just start like, ripping. It's insane. Like he said when he was like 14, he saw In God's Hands. It's like old school Hollywood surf movie. Yeah. And then he just said he became obsessed with becoming like a surfer. And then 10 years later, he got his hands on a surfboard and went to the local beach in winter, had a seven mil diving wetsuit and just said he like caught a wave lying down with his hands on the <laughs> rail in the whitewash and was just like, oh my God, this is my <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. I is found this, it. Is, this, is a seven mil diving wetsuit enough? Or was that, or was he yeah, out there? Yeah, that's like thick, that's but it's like, you can't really move in it. It's yeah. like Michelin man, like just <laughs> yeah. like stuck. Yeah. Right. But yeah, like for like us growing up on the Northern beaches of Sydney, like we, there's so many surfers and like, I don't know, you just you can just watch someone surf and then you go surfing, you kind of just like try and mimic. It's it's like anything really, like yep. so much like outside influence to kind of, I don't know, to make you better at your chosen sport or whatever you're doing. And we, we're lucky we had that and we've got so many mentors, but he was just like the only one up there and the only one that went in the ocean up there. And like, it's so... For like years. It's like going it's, to Mars or something. Yeah. It like, is, but it, there's like something, there's something, there's an element to his part of the story that was like so beautiful and so like i don't know just like real and honest and again back to i guess the perception of russians generally and then like to have what was almost like this group of mates he's never had but wanted to come over and like surf with him and to have this moment for him it was like it was just a very like touching part of the whole documentary which again i just could it kind of came out of left field for the whole thing you yeah. know what i mean yeah he, yeah he was genuinely like one of the best humans we've ever met like, and he, just when he'd share his story, because like his dream was to make this surf camp, which he's done now, but he cried to us one night just saying how hard it's been. Like his girlfriend, wow. his, all his friends like literally thought he was insane. Like it'd be like you guys being like, I'm going to make a podcast and yeah, do it yeah. for a living. And everyone's like, yeah, cool, man. Like, yeah. good luck. <laughs> like, and then just be like, this guy's a tripper. But now he's done that. And I think he like looking back on his journey, he's just like, man, like everyone doubted me. And now yeah. I've got you guys here and we're doing this film and like, we showed, I think, one of the second nights at the Orpheum. We had like 800 people there watching the film. And at the end, the whole crowd was just chanting like, Anton. <laughs> oh, and wow. we sent him this video and he was like, literally like. Couldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like, this oh, is the I best day of my that. life. So just like, I think for his journey to like see where it's at now, it's just so special. How do we surf camps operate over there? What's the sort of the go? Yeah, it's just so, we went in winter, so it's like frozen and snow everywhere. But in summer, it's not actually too bad mm. so he just gets people from like tourists from all over russia that want to come to kamchaka and it's a pretty like well-known tourist destination right within russia yep um just because it's like the volcanoes and they've got like massive bears in summer that heaps of people come and like look at the bears and um browns yeah. or polos uh, big browns. big browns. Yeah. browns. So you yeah. seen you saw these? We didn't see any. Thankfully, Ugh, they were um, they're all hibernating. Oh, so yeah, sorry, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm just getting my phone up here for time. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not sending text messages in case. <laughs> it just like. um just at the end of the trip, they were starting to wake up when we were there, but we um we didn't see any. Thankfully, on those camping trips. Yeah. What wildlife did you see? Was there much getting around there? 
we just like there's these like cute little otters and they like <laughs> swim up to the boys when they're surfing and like pop their head up and like they're like duck under they like hold hands when they come up so it's not sharky and shit around there like nah not in winter i think like in winter it's just seals and otters okay we just saw a few of them they did i think they were just like tripping to see anyone else in the water they were just like yeah right yeah like some of the wildest scenes in in the documentary are when you're camping in tents I think it's even like on the last couple of days before you leave and the wind's just pounding the tents into the earth. And there's, a, there's footage of Guy the morning after being like, I haven't had much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hectic night. We literally like, at one point we got out of the tent and we had like a big gear tent. So you'd all have your own little sleeping tents, which is, you, you know, your normal little tent, two of you fit in. And then a gear tent where we'd kind of cook, leave all our camera gear, and which was massive, kind of like, you know, five made a meter kind of dome Mm. and then at one point in the night you just hear like something just breaking and we go out and the gear tent's just like being ripped apart the poles are snapped just flattened like three red cameras which are worth like yeah hundreds of thousands of dollars (laughs) just in there somewhere so we're in there and it's like this wind is just like howling like off siberia so it's like strong and cold and then yeah, yeah Benny's in the tent trying to find his red it. cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I got the camera and then getting blown and over. Then, like, and then like we saw Anton, like fa- we like found Anton in the rubble. <laughs> Under and, the tent. And he was like, I lost my passport. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why did you bring your passport? <laughs> 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 and, he, and, yeah, like, and he's like, I've never been cold before. And he's like shivering. <laughs> oh, and yeah, we were kind of like. Is he looking for his passport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we like, were just finding like people in the rubble. And like, it was just, it was so funny. It was like funny, but we're also like, is this safe? Like, how hairy is this situation? Yeah, yeah. Was, we're just like we were kind of just like looking at them and like they're kind. Anton's like I'm cold and like laughing and we're like it's all right. Yeah, we should laugh too. <laughs> yeah, but it's like we just I didn't really know. Like I was like we're lucky. Like our sleeping tents were fine and they were just like kind of rattling all night. But like yeah. that one was just like destroyed. Was there any other hair? Like I mean that that whiteout on the snowmobiles looked like that was as hairy as I've like. Was that as hairy as it got? Was there anything else? Like that just seemed like one where you were like. Could you, how far in front of your face can you see in that situation? Oh, I don't know, the hell of sports to, to you guys, yeah. yeah. Mm. That Not was far. like, I feel like if we were without guides, we'd be dead for sure. But it's right. like, again, we were constantly punting, but we always had like people that knew what they were doing with us. Yeah. So, but that day was, it was really fucking cold. Yeah, we, I think I had like, I had like thermals, shirt, down, jumper, something else. And then that big, ja- I had like six layers and I was shivering through that many clothes Jesus. like it was crazy how cold that was and that was that was definitely the the most like fish out of water moment on the trip because like we're all ocean people and we're like pretty comfortable in most situations in the ocean but like being in these mountains where you can like barely see your fa- hand in front of your face riding a snowmobile that we'd only learned to ride snowmobiles the day before yeah and it's like just like big drops and I don't know probably like crevasses and sh- I don't know yeah. it's just like we just kind of were just following the guides and just Every now and then they'd kind of stop and then like at one point they were looking at their GPS thing they had and then they were like, and then we're like, are you lost? And they're like, a little bit. (laughs) Like we kind of like, same thing, like as the flight attendants, you look for them for reassurance. Then we were looking at for the guides like, oh no, we're sweet. The guides are good. And then they were like, we're we're lost as well. So 
But pretty was, sick though to be on a snowmobile in a blizzard. Yeah, in it was the fun. East Russia, like I would have been frothing. Yeah, <laughs> scared. Where, but you wouldn't have been frothing. You would have been shitting your pants. <laughs> you would froth. You would froth. There was a couple years getting you thrown down. Yeah. You would froth doing that hundred percent. It would be one of those situations. Listen, where I'd be frothing now. I'd love to have the yarn, but I'd be shitting myself. I it was like be. a mix. Like every now and then, it'd, like you get this little clearing of the clouds. You're like, this is fucking epic, and then it'd go like hell dark and scary. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you because the day before was the, the first day we were riding the snowmobiles and it was like bluebird, like just like you could see like a kilometre and we were just going like, we were just going like 100Ks on these, like you were, we were pinning it on this like perfect flat snow, just like there was a lot of use going around that. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Going, <laughs> Love that. And just like hooning through the mountains and like thought we were just like on this the biggest adventure and then that was just like the slap back to reality of like. And like, that's what yeah. it's like up there. It's just like nature is just so boss. Like you think yeah. you're killing it, you're in the zone, and then it just like comes in and just takes you, humbles you. Just the weather just changes super quick. So there, quickly, right? yeah. yeah. Quick. Like we, I think yeah. That night the weather just came and you go outside and you can't see a few meters in mm. front of you. And we're trying to go to the beach and you're just like, all right, Crazy. classic surf trip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I tell you what, it was beautifully shot, the whole thing, like incredible. Mm. How long were you in charge, basically, of most of the cinematography? Were you sharing the load? Yeah. So I was kind of the cinematographer and then guy shot a bunch guy actually shot a like a lot of the kind of transit doco style stuff which right. is ended up being some of the, the most important scenes of the whole film and then um we had a local guy uh his name's misha and he um, I, I kind of messaged max and i said is there anyone up there that can help like film our movie and he said oh this guy misha and we just had like zero expectations like i don't know i just assumed that somewhere someone on like the east coast of russia would have no idea what they're doing and he was just like a weapon like really? he would I, I handed him like a red camera which is like a pretty technical thing to to use and he just like set it all up and like had it ready to go and like i'd give him a drone and he'd fly a drone like he would just be like Happy to do. You can't even get someone very like, qualified in no. Sydney. No, I know. <laughs> like for, yeah. for Spenny to have like a right hand man in the action moments was like insane because it just double angles everything. Yeah, you know? yeah. Especially there because like we we're saying, it's like so hard to get shots. Yeah. So like if Spenny was swimming, then Misha would be on the beach, set up on a tripod or vice versa. So it was just like yeah, because there was a few times in the movie where I'm like, who the fuck's filming right now? Because I'd sort yeah. of you know where it's yeah. like, well, like there was a dude standing. There was a great shot of the guy standing on top of. The car, yeah, like was, yeah. the car on the, mm -hmm. and the then beach? with the guys, yeah, on the yeah. beach. That was one where I was like, who's that guy? I don't remember that jacket. Yeah. So that was, was that yeah. your, that was your mate? That was uh, Max. Oh, that was Max. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah he came go. to the beach one day just to take photos. Some of the cars as well, they're getting around. There was some, <laughs> oh. like, it looked like something out of a world where it's like dystopian almost. Like, let's just put some massive tires on this Pajero. How good is that, like Corolla on the beach? With, like, <laughs> yeah. The wheels were bigger than us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huge, we're literally dude. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> And you see this like Corolla that's like three yeah. meters high, just driving <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. snow Mars thing. Yeah. thing. That was wild. Does it make you? Does things like Anton just being like just this lovable Russian who can surf and speak English, and then you get a f uh, another filmmaker there that can man a camera who just pops up out of nowhere on the east coast of Russia, and then getting led into Russia and nothing going wrong, and finding this like sick wave that you would be mistaken for thinking was out of like Chopa was saying. Did it? Does all that stuff, if you put it together, feel like it was meant to be in that in a weird sort of way? Almost like it was. 
Oh, handed to you. Some moments, let ne- when you put it like that, a hundred percent. But fuck, when we were on the trip, we were like, there was so many moments. We're like, here we go. This is the moment. It's all coming together, and then it would just go to shit. Yeah, yeah like, right. like, you just don't yeah, show those bits. There was one trip that we're not really meant to talk about, but we flew to the coast and spent all the money and like totally blew the budget, and we didn't even surf. And we just like had to answer back to everyone at home that was oh, funding really? our project to be like. Because we promised, we were like, this is going to be this is the, the one and it's going to be on. And then we just like, we didn't even, we, I think the boys got in the water for like 10 minutes. And that's and the then, thing there. Like we got in the heli, we had all the camping gear. We're meant to be going there for three days. Swell's looking epic. Weather's looking a bit iffy. We set up camp. We get dro- dropped to the coastline, set up camp, sleep the night. And then in the morning, we get a satellite call, satellite phone call just from the pilot saying, hey, the weather's gotten really bad. We've got to come get you. And that's, you've spent a shitload of money. And we were going to be there for three days for this swell. And uh, they were like, get packed down in an hour. We're going to be there, get back. Because it was like, I think that, that that storm was like a lot worse than the storm we got caught in in the tents. It would have been yeah. like pretty dangerous for us Hectic. being out there. Right. Yeah, and the boys got in the water for like 10 minutes and they were like, hey, we got to wrap it up. Uh, and and, and was like, the swell good? Like there were waves good? Oh, I don't know. I think that, I think everything just changed. And mm. it wasn't good the day then they surfed, but I think it was going to be that Arvo and the next day. Maybe even the next day after, but we they basically like you have to go. But again, you're just like, what are we doing here? Like we've joked about, you, we could go to Indo for like three months with the money we spent on that helicopter trip. <laughs> yeah, just that one ten minute surf, like it was crazy. Like, yeah, like definitely a lot of moments where we thought the universe was not on our side. But yeah. then the project as a whole, for sure. Like we had. Yeah, so many wins and we're, we're so lucky. Did you, did you have any nights out there? Like, you didn't seem to document that side of it. I mean, which is, you know. <laughs> we did, but. Yeah. <laughs> we had two nights we drank. Um, the one they showed, like, our last film at this pub in Kentucky yeah. in the town, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. so sick. We had, like, 80 people rock up and just, like, frothing. And we had, like, news reporters interviewing us and stuff, which was nuts. And then they just bought us just. I don't know. Yeah, we different ripped, flavored vodka we, we shots ripped like in. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. that. It was like, it was probably like, that was like six weeks in and we were like all pretty rinsed and we'd, we'd kind of got a few big wins. So then I think we, in our heads, we were just like, fuck it. Let's go Ewan. Let's go Ewan. Doing vodka shots. Like I like, threw up in the car park. Like Letty oh, was hooking up with fun. some Russian <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, You know, in the hangover at the end when they do the, um in the credits and they do the camera roll of like oh. what's on the, it was literally like that. We woke up in the morning and who had a, Fraser brought his camera out. <laughs> just we just the, had this like, we were in this etches like hotel. Like we all woke up like, so I think you, you just hear someone next door just going, help. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a, like, vodka hangovers of oh, next level. Deadly. That was gnarly. But, yeah, I'm happy we just, like, and everyone was there, like, Anton and all the, all the, like, everyone was there just celebrating. We just, like, they wanted to party, so we were just, like, why not? Like We didn't buy a drink that's that really night. Yeah, so it was just, do, it was what, epic, do what yeah. the Russians do and drink vodka. You got to. You, <laughs> you had got to. Yeah. yeah. You can't go to Russia and not have a big room. Oh, no. You feel rude if, like. Even what was that night? We're at the um the at the lodge, and there was another crew there, a Russian crew. And the, like the first day we got there, they'd heard that there was four Russian um Aussie surfers in town, and they were on a heliboarding trip, and they brought us heliboarding two days in a row, just with their time. Oh, they were hectic. just like, hey, we're going in the chopper. You guys come and jump in with us. There's no surf, so we spent two days heliboarding with this crew, and then they just got us loose one night at the lodge. <laughs> hey, yeah, but it was epic. It was so nice meeting them, and again, it just challenged what we like the perception we had of these mm. people. Like they were just so nice and. And then like they, they had a third day heliboarding, um, but then they kind of came up to us in the morning and they were like, hey, like 
is there any chance like you guys can come in the helicopter with us and take us surfing? And we were just like, fucking oh, it's like, <laughs> let's do it. Like, cause they already had booked out the helicopter. So we, um, we, I don't know where the foam, big foamies came from, but I think Anton surf mm. camp, like Anton brought these big foamy longboards and these, um, yeah, these four Russian dudes that they could have gone and snowboarded down these volcanoes, but they just wanted to come Hang surf out, with yeah. us. So we, like we flew, flew to this like random, like this remote coast, like just like this beachy basically. And then, yeah, we all just like took them surfing for the day and then flew back to the lodge. And after that, they were just like shouting us vodka. And, like, yeah, <laughs> Are so you cool. filming all that? Are you filming even all that sort of we stuff? Filmed, and yeah, we filmed a lot of it. it. Just A lot of it kind of just didn't really like, I thought it was, yeah, awesome experiences, but it just didn't really tie into the story. To the whole thing. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that we got that we were kind of like, it's awesome, but it's, yeah. How long, how long does the editing process take for something like that? Uh, it took us like eight months. Eight like, months? Yeah, pretty much like every day. Like we were working in a studio in Redfern. Um, heaps. Like, yeah. Like and a lot. I mean, I'm just trying to, like eight months, do you... Do you how like are you i'm trying to, in four months are you halfway edited or is it sometimes it's something where it's like you can just power through certain bits really quickly and then there are bits where you get stuck on where you're like what what the fuck are we doing now or like where are we taking it or is it is it not that sort of uh stop starty yeah kind of so we were working with an editor lucas vasquez is his name he's like an amazing editor probably like way overqualified for helping us on this but he just jumped on because he loved the project and Love um that. and then we actually he had an assistant editor as well so between me lucas and her we were basically three of us editing it at once because you can all share a project and then guy was in there with me like overseeing a lot of the stuff and um i would like be editing a surf section because i kind of know surfing and then he'd be like putting together that, that transit scene and we'd all just be like be, like we'd kind of run wild for like a few days and then we'd all like regroup and then press play and watch it and then right but there was there was some times where we just ripped through so much and we thought we'd getting like so many wins and then other times we just like were so stuck like how are we gonna shape this into a story like um but yeah it all worked out in the end but definitely some bits took ages where do you still keep in touch with anton you do right eh? yeah yeah <laughs> probably once a week we get in really? we've got a group chat so oh i love that it. He's just the best. Yeah, yeah. we've had a few FaceTimes with him and like <laughs> let him know after every screen him, we just let him know everyone just loves him. And Did he love yeah. the, the the movie? <laughs> we don't even know if he's seen it yet. Yeah, I don't oh, even really? know if he's seen it. Like they've got it, but I I don't even know. Yeah. Unless he hates it and he just <laughs> he just doesn't see it. Yeah, but well, Max right. Max watched it and then Max has Max has now got us like a Russian distributor, so they're doing a tour through Russia oh, of the film, wow. oh, that's cool. which would be pretty cool. Yeah. They've kind of just like any, any world where you go back over there for the tour. Or are you like, I, just, I thought there was like no chance we'd be allowed. And then I found out the other day we were allowed to just get on a plane right now and go oh, really? if you have the right visa. Really? But I, I don't know. Another humanitarian visa. Yeah. Be, yeah. <laughs> would you, would you think about releasing it like a dubbed version in Russian? They you are. Get some, they they are. Get, you get some like hot, yeah. gruff Russian accent. <laughs> I'd, I'd be like a real, yeah, I'd be a real cool guy. I'd like, I need a good voice. I yeah, can't yeah. Be like Russian yeah, voice. Yeah, I can't have a shit voice. <laughs> no, no. You <laughs> stitch up one of the boys with a really yeah. weird yeah. voice. Lady, <laughs> real high. Like, <laughs> really high. Like, yeah. a, like a eunuch voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it gets received over there. Yeah. Yeah. Because like we've had a few people from Kemchaka that have like rocked up to screenings, and they're they're just so grateful for how like really yeah mm. they love how we've like they're presented in I guess 
I think it was at a time where the world turned against Russia mm. and we kind of, we just documented what was in front of us. It's not like we were trying to be like, Russians are good people. It's just, they were good people that we were with. So I think they see it and they're really like graceful, grateful that like, we're not like, fuck Russia. Like mm. kind of like the world did at that yeah, time. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's sinister music every time a Russian <laughs> yeah. comes on the screen. <laughs> yeah. And where are you, are you taking it around the world? Aren't you? aren't you going to some, were you saying it to me or something that you were, they're going to do screenings in around the world, or did I make that up? Yeah, we're so Oz is pretty rinsed, but we said that we'd like. I thought it was done, and then like we went to Bolter Brewery on the Gold Coast, and there was like three hundred and fifty people. We're just like, I'm kind of wanting it to slow up, <laughs> um, but not complaining. It sounds like I am. But then uh, we're going to New Zealand yep. in um, July, and then we're going to America in uh, September, and then UK in. October, October, November. And then there's like Germany, German tour, France tour, Russia tour, booked in with other people that are running it. Can I ask from like a commercial standpoint, obviously you don't have to tell me anything specific, but like, is this a, is this part of like, are you making money on this tour sort of thing? Or is this like a, I'm trying to work out like, do you sell the movie to someone and they distribute it or is it, or do you, is touring the movie sort of the yeah. commercial end of it? So we've got a distributor, on it's like garage that's uh, madman films owned mm -hmm. i don't know if you know them and they they've kind of they kind of shop it around and um and then we do the tour so there's income from that and then at the end of the day if you get like a streaming deal of with like yeah. a netflix or a stand that's kind of like the big cherry on top yep um but yeah we'll see a lot of them have the film like they have a screener link and mm -hmm. uh we haven't heard anything so <laughs> we'll uh they probably haven't watched it yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> well, no, 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 there's no way no. The right <laughs> anton hasn't seen it either yeah, yeah. yeah. did you give him the right password <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> to log in but what's next boys you can't you can't leave it there there's got to be yeah, something what's else next guy? we'll do something we're, we're pretty rinsed i kind of abandoned ship the last two months <laughs> spenny's been running the show but yeah it's been a big big two years doing this project so i think we're gonna have probably the rest of the year like off when i say off just away from like a passion project um and then next year we'll start planning the next one but yeah i think somewhere cold again people seem to enjoy us you love the cold, the cold mate so. going to nepal or is it <laughs> yeah. warm there at the moment what's going on it's yeah i think i don't know i think like spenny said at the start it's like if you're trying to find waves that have never been discovered before, you kind of do have to go to like the corners of the earth now in a way and find these like cold landscapes where it's like you are going to suffer to find it. Yeah. Mm. But like when you do score there, it just makes it so epic. So yeah, there's a few places we got our eye on. Um, it's just whether we have the mental capacity to do another to go and do project it. Like do and would you yeah. take uh, Letty and Fraser again? Is that like the crew now? Like you know, you sort of and yeah, Anton. We got to bring Anton. Yeah, he's coming on the next. Yeah, that would be sick. Yeah, I think I think Letty and Fraz will come for sure and then yeah anton would be sick i don't know it depends where we go but love to bring a goofy footer which means like they stand the other way mm. i'm goofy footer. yeah oh, yeah you know the, you know yeah, the lingo yeah, 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 yeah I'm goofy. and then um you like the cold well <laughs> listen, it's more back in my skateboarding <laughs> yeah there weren't many there weren't many days to those days it was about a month i think um yeah somewhere cold and we've got some ideas cooking but we're I bet you yeah, do. Yeah, you don't, you don't know. You're going to yeah, release yeah. It. yeah, go down south maybe. <laughs> yeah, we've had a couple Google Maps sessions. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. A few little bays and inlets that we've got Far, far, on, far so. south. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Well, boys, it's been uh, great to hear about the, the whole adventure. It's uh, it's an incredible documentary. If people want to watch it, is there a way they can, just as like a dribbler on the street, or is it uh, is there somewhere they go to, to, to view it? Yeah, we are still kind of touring it around. So the website's cornersoftheearth.com.au if you want to come to a screening. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 
I reckon later in the year, probably October, it'll be on like Apple TV and yep. everywhere Hectic. else to Hectic. rent it and buy it. And I would you can buy your book as yep. well. Books on the website too, so you can grab. I've only seen a couple of frames, like teaser frames, but it's got me frothing. Have we got one for the boys? We've got one for the boys. Oh, boys. Fuck do you? Yeah. That's a oh, oh, good gift, gift for the lads. Yeah, I was going to buy, right gonna buy one. No, no, no. We're big fans of you guys, so thanks for having us. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, we can't wait to see you do next, but uh, good luck with it all. And I can't wait to flick through the book, maybe over another gummy. <laughs> <laughs> well done, boys. Thanks we'll for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, lads. Thanks, thanks for having thanks, us. Boys. Could you two just not talk anymore? <laughs>